0: My guest today is Richard Miles. We got him on for like the fourth time, I think. And I think this is our best episode. You know, we, when you practice something, you get good at it. Uh, we talk about Mother's Day, Father's Day. We talk about reentry a little bit. We talk about some of the bills that are uh, being put up for legislative uh, consideration this session in Texas. And uh, we talk about what he would change if he was given the opportunity, state or federal, to change one thing in our judicial system. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss this background check, a third or fourth one on Richard Miles. Let's go. Have you or someone you know had your life turned upside down because of your past?
1: Of course I have. Everyone
0: does background checks now, which makes it hard to bounce back. What do you believe? I believe your background shouldn't hold you back. It, sh- it should pay you back. This podcast will inspire you, motivate you, and inform you with everything you need to rise above your past and, and not be afraid to say, go, go ahead. Check my background. My name is Jadan Gum. And this is Background Check. You already know. Let's go. You can check my background. I'm a forgiving fellas. So tell them that I won't back down. Now You can bet I won't live in regret. It's time to earn some respect. You are tuning in to background check. Hey everyone, welcome to Background Check Podcast. I'm your host, J Dan Gum, and we believe your background shouldn't hold you back. It should pay you back. How are how is your background paying you back today? This week um, how are you gonna make it pay you back? you have to in, you have to intentionally make your background pay you back. You can't just think that it's going to. You've got to be intentional about it and you can do it uh, And there's plenty of there's plenty of episodes that show you encouraging encouraging stories of how people are are making their background pay them back. Uh, we don't have to take what our background did to us what it what it stole from us and we can we can take back everything and get back even more okay the bible says the 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 thief uh, has to pay back seven, eight times so whatever you think that is, make it pay you back. Uh, welcome to the show. Um, we I'm not gonna do a lot of shout outs on this one. Uh, I do have a couple announcements we're in the final phases of our Trend, our new transitional house that we're moving to we're downsizing from the duplex to one property but it's going to have a main guest house and a, a main house and the guest house they're in the final processes right now the owners of um, getting all the plumbing electrical finalized and passed in that guest house and our big moving move in day is may uh may 27th memorial day weekend and so uh if you're listening to this and you're in the area and you want to come help we're gonna have breakfast at 8 a.m we're gonna load up the truck about 11 30 to 12, we're going to order pizza and have our, our last open house lunch at this property 9724 Summerwood Circle. The last one we'll have there. We've been there 11 years. A lot of ministry has taken place, a lot of deliverance, transformation, relational uh, stuff, covenant relationships. I mean, so much has taken place at this location, and we're expecting even more got to pour out a double portion on this one property that we're moving to. We are registering with the city of Dallas. It's uh, the boarding home department. It's kind of crazy, but we're, we're getting it all done. We do need some help with finances if you got it. You know, obviously we have to come up with a huge deposit, uh, almost $3,500. And then we have to pay our rent is right at $3,500 as well. So the the extra expense of having a deposit, you know, in our deposit we're getting back from our old house, the current houses that we're in. Uh, are not even close to that I think it's 2,000 total and we won't get that for at least a month so if you if you uh, want to partner with us man they they don't do Amazon smile anymore we do have an Amazon wish list check it out see what's on there that you can help uh, buy for the new house someone bought all the dressers and nightstands that we need we need doorknobs we need fire alarms I mean smoke alarms mo- uh, carbon monoxide detectors we need so many things they're gonna make us number each room so we need numbers uh, you know all kinds of stuff we're gonna need and um, you know and hey we need some help with the studio uh, we're, we're gonna go video and uh, if you want to uh, if you want some shout outs for your company on the show and you want to help um, provide like to buy cameras and stuff for our studio uh, let me know you know that's that's a way you could sponsor part of the show so let me know if you're interested in helping us buy a couple of cameras um, so the house We got four guys living in our current home and they're going to move into the new home. The new home has a neighborhood organization um, and they are already up in arms about us moving in. Don't know how they know because we have not officially signed a lease yet. Uh, I announced it on Facebook, so I'm assuming somebody they found out on Facebook. So anyway, they're they're giving us some problems, but nothing the Lord can't handle. Uh, They're worried about us moving felons into the neighborhood, but uh, I assured them that that we're not the enemy. So we're going to have a meeting with them on June 12th. So y'all be praying for that. Um, But yeah, man, uh, this, if if you want to become a partner with us, whether you're sponsoring the show or whether you're just partnering with us, man, we could use the extra monthly support, you know, if you can afford $50, $100, some of y'all could probably afford $500. And uh, if you just want to do it for a season for what, like for one year, we have a lot of people doing that. And this would be a great time to do that. Uh, you know, a lot of times people don't realize that we have to pay that $3,500 a month rent no matter how many people we have living in the house, you know, and uh, plus all the utilities and everything else. So, uh, uh, you know, our budget is around 12000 12, a month, and so we, we need some help reaching that. So if you, uh, if you think you're – and this, this is everything, but with bus passes, utilities, uh, every, everything that we do for the, for the guys um, is an expense, and we just need help. So uh, I'm not gonna beg, uh, but just do what's on your heart. If God's prompting you to give, go ahead and give. If he's not, then don't give. Do not give a penny to us, okay? So anyway, uh, just one, wanted to make that announcement. Everything's going well. I'm, I'm in the process of canceling or switching, canceling some utilities, switching others, because we're going from a duplex. So we have two sets of utilities and, and, and all that. So I'm canceling one and having to transfer other, so thank you for Kingdom Legacy Transport. They're going to let us use their big old truck. So uh, come on out May 27th, breakfast at 8 a.m. Uh, like I said, last open house lunch at 1130 to 1:30, And then we're going to go over and take everything to the new house. You get to see the new house. So if you're anywhere near Dallas and you want to help us out on May 27th, come on, go to ForgivenFellows.org. Go to the contact page and our physical, mail, physical address is on there uh, of, the, of the old address so uh i'll put a flyer on the this show page as well so you can see anyway um mother's day is coming up happy mother's day to all of you moms jessamy happy mother's day you're not my mom but you're the you're the best mother in the world to my kids to our kids uh mama happy mother's day uh sandy my mother-in-law happy mother's day happy mother's day to all of you outside prison inside prison um, if you got kids, moms in prison, just know that they need you. Even if you're never getting out or you're not getting out for a while, they still need you. Um, and uh, we're going to pray over you all at the end, okay? Uh, also, happy Father's Day. Uh, I'll probably say it on the check-in because this, this is the last full episode we're going to do for a couple of months. We'll come back maybe in the end of July and do uh, start season four. I did it again. I left my... Um, I left my mail application on, and you got a big ding. It's all right. Sorry about that. Um, so, let's see announcements. Oh, uh, we're brought to you by Clarity. So, uh, Clarity Roofing and Solar. My my good buddy Joe. He put solar panels on this house. He put a new roof on our old house. Call Joe today four six nine three eight six nine one one six. We don't regret uh, getting solar uh, at all, and we got the hot months coming up. We're gonna be building up rollover credits like crazy, and we won't have an electric bill other than just paying the solar panel bill. So thank you so much, Joe, for all you've done for Forgiven Felons over the years. He was there in the beginning uh, of the transitional house. He's donated all kinds of practical stuff. He's donated financially, uh, personally, but also uh, the roofing and solar company as well clarity roofing and solar.com or call Joe at four six nine three eight six nine one one six also expressions property uh, go to expressions dot com the link will be on the show page as well and check them out man they Lisa is a f- personal friend she got us in our original home uh, what, what 12 13 years ago and she helped us sell that one as well and uh, they give back expressions property limited gives back when you buy a property with them, sell a property with them, they take 5% of their profit and donate it to one of the charities on their website. And we are one of those. And we've gotten several uh, donations from that. And we want to say thank you, whoever that was. We don't know who it is. But we want to say thank you to those who have uh, chosen Forgiven Felons. But check out Expressions Property. Expressions, E X P R E S S I O N S P R O P E T pertcom expressionsproperty.com expressions, Uh, you can call Lisa at two one four, four nine eight, two eight nine two, or you can, uh, email her at Lisa at expressions, property.com. Go buy a home, sell a home and donate to forgiven felons. All right. Uh, I think that's it. I'm not going to do shout outs this time. We'll, we'll do it, but we're, we're taking a break. So from here on out, you're only going to hear the Monday morning check-ins. Maybe, I don't know. I might do a father's day episode, but, um, but I want to say thank you to all the mothers out there holding it down for their kids. Mothers, moms, you're heroes. You are heroes. So I want to say thank you so much to all of you. And um, we will we will be back strong in season four with some amazing interviews. Already got some of them lined up. And hopefully also we're going to be doing video. So we'll have it on YouTube. Uh, I don't know if we can get on Pando because they're so expensive. But, you know, who knows? Maybe God will provide that too. If you're a company and you wanna sp- uh, sponsor us to be on Pando, which is an app that all the prisoners uh, can watch video on, not just hear it, like audio, like they do right now, but they can watch video on. If you wanna sponsor that for us, then that would be great, all right? So um, my, my show, we got Richard Miles on. I think this is like the fourth time. You know, he's called in a couple times. He's been guest, uh, full interview is on episode two. If you don't know Richard Miles' full story, go hear it. He was uh, wrongfully convicted. Uh, served 15, I think, years at the Cofield Unit. Fully exonerated. Started Miles of Freedom. They help out in the reentry space and so many other things in the community. Uh, but but this time we just talk about a little bit of politics. You know uh, the bills that are that are being considered in legislation right now in Texas. We talk about moms and Mother's Day and Father's Day and and uh, we just talk a little bit. We just chit chat. One of my favorite episodes with him so far. All right, so uh, enjoy the show. Richard Miles, man, welcome to like the third or fourth, fifth, I don't know what time it is, man, but thank you for coming on once again to Background Check Podcast.
1: I appreciate you. I appreciate you. First and foremost, this is always an awesome opportunity and time to sit down and talk with you, um, Jay, about what's going on within the system, our families, just really, man, life after incarceration. That's, that's what this is about, life after incarceration.
0: And it never goes away because- we're always after our incarceration and man, there's so many laws being put on the books (laughs) for us people that uh, have been incarcerated and after incarceration and everything else. And obviously you were never uh, rightfully convicted, right? You were wrongfully convicted. And uh, if you want to hear his full story, uh, you can go to episode two. You you were my very first interview, (laughs) very first interview, go to episode two to listen to Richard Miles story. He's on a couple other episodes with us uh, for Black History Month and, yeah. and something else. I can't remember.
1: I think it was the first, like you say, the first one. Um, and then we came back around. As a matter of fact, it was Black History again. So I think one year we did yeah, Black yeah, yeah. History. Then we came back again. Uh, and you just called
0: in with my family. We were doing the Black History Month project. Y- yes. And you just called in. Yes. And, and yes. chimed in there. Yes. We're going to have to get the two things I want to do with you uh, in the future. Yes. Get get you on with your mom.
1: Yes. Okay. Good.
0: And uh, and get you on with your wife. Good. We All can right. do
1: that. We can do that. <laughs> Th- those are those are two good interviews, and I'm quite sure I, your listeners uh, will fully embellish, fully embellish. Um, An interesting thing I will say this here: your word gets out. I've been to the office a couple of times and, and seeing different individuals. I and some of the first things that they say is like, man, we heard your podcast uh, with Jay gum while I was locked up and that's why I'm here. And so that's like the, beautiful that's why thing. we're here. Yeah. That's why we're here. That's, that's why that's we why do I it, said, man. Yeah.
0: Uh, I had selfish reasons at first when we first started because we couldn't go back into the prisons anymore and share. And so the, the selfish reason to start the podcast was so people could, so we could still pipe, you know, get, get messages out of people that have been locked up and risen above their background. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, I was going to, I was going to shut it down once they started letting the visitors back in and, right. and come in. But man, by that time, Securus had already started uploading it on the, on the, on the tablets. Yeah. yeah. Not, not in Texas quite at that time, mm-hmm. but they were working on a deal to secure the contract for Texas and their tablets. Right. And so I was, I was gonna, I was gonna stop it. You know, just go back in live in person. But then we start getting letters from yeah. inmates all yeah. across the nation—Connecticut, right. New York, all these places—and then and then Texas hit, and now right. we're getting letters from Texas. And and so, uh, man, I just can't imagine not doing it now. Right, you right, know right. that we may change up some some ways we 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 air them. You know, take some breaks now and then. Of course, we got the background check uh, check in. On okay. Mondays, okay. What's so, that? Tell me so what so so we that release is. the full episodes like what we're doing now, or okay. if it's a solo episode with me talking about a topic on Fridays, okay. And, but on Mondays, we have what's called background check in, okay. And you're just it's it's a shorter like five six minute kind of Monday motivational type inspirational gotcha. it, it, it's, it, it's 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 either a word or a verse or a story yeah uh, and then I pray over everybody it, it, it's short so if you don't like listening to the long the long episodes yeah yeah Monday morning Bite background size. check-in is you know <laughs> five or six minutes long And gotcha. So, gotcha. so that's why that's why we do those because you know uh I just want I want people to know especially the ones in prison now I'm doing it for the ones in prison yeah yeah. Because I mean you you got people writing in, Richard, man, I, I had the sheet tied up mm-hmm. and then I heard this episode. Yeah. yeah. And then I, I rededicated my life to the Lord after that. You know, right. right. People right. hear these stories, man. It's, it's not me. I'm just providing a platform. Yeah. Just being obedient to God. But uh yeah. but but the stories, y'all's stories. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah. I, I I think it's in, well not, I think I know it's important because I mean we have to be advocates for those that um, have no advocates um, even when the systems and as we was talking about earlier even when it's very apparent that laws are being made um, to create more obstacles for the people that's incarcerated um, we have to be that hope yeah you know they have to know that somebody is willing to stand in the gap and I believe that when they hear your podcast, Irregardless of what they may see on the news or what the parole board may tell them, as long as they know somebody is in the gap.
0: Yeah, you're right. Absolutely,
1: they're gonna want to move forward, and they're gonna know they're not gonna fall through the cracks because Jay Gum is in the gap.
0: That's good. I like that. Yeah, yeah. that almost kind of rhymed and wrapped there. You know, I'm telling you, not fall through the, crap cause Jay, the crack because Jay crack because Jay Gum is in the in gap. The gap. I like that, man.
1: That, that's a good t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. So today that we don't really have an agenda because your story's already out there. We're just going to talk a little bit about maybe some of the, the criminal justice bills that, yeah. that are out there. Good, bad, ugly. Uh, but then also maybe talk a little bit about Mother's Day. Fa- yeah. You're a father now. And, right. And, right. But, but, but Mother's Day about your mother and how important her role was in your time, you know. Yeah. And, and yeah. all that, and so, uh, so yeah, just hanging out today. We're just hanging out. Yeah,
1: that's it. I got so, my coffee right here, a hug and it, a mug. Yeah, I got my daughter's name on it, so okay. I took her daughter. <laughs> but nice. I'm ready.
0: All right, yeah, and I like these that are just we don't really have a you know specific thing that we're going to talk about. Just something may come up. Yeah, the Holy Spirit may throw something in your ear and go, "Hey, can we talk about this?" Right. So let's do it. But let's do it. Let's start with the. I just man, I just got through testifying last week. Wow! Uh, Down in Austin, first time I'd ever stood before, you know, in Austin like that. Yeah, uh, I'm sure you've done it before, right, with the Richard Miles bill.
1: Uh huh.
0: Uh huh. I was scared because uh, testifying against a bill that has to do with registered sex offenders. Yeah. And anytime you stand up for them, you Mm -hmm. are going to get demeaned, berated, yeah, made fun of, yeah, hated on, right? Because this is not a, a demographic that anybody wants to help. Yeah, or that anybody thinks that they deserve help. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's the one crime I, I've seen people, I've seen people be okay with murders. Yeah, um, and and forgiven them mm-hmm. and let them into their inner circles, churches, whatever. Right. But right. man, when you talk about a sexual assault, yeah. especially when you add a, a person under seventeen or seventeen yeah. under. For some reason, we think rehabilitation is impossible. Mm -hmm. We Mm -hmm. think that there's no way, you know, in the medical field kind of labels them as almost diseased and incurable. Right. So that doesn't help. Right. Um, Right. But I had some things to say about it this past Wednesday because these two bills... Are residency restriction bills.
1: So, what do you? What does that mean when you say residency?
0: That means that they want to restrict where people that have to register Got can you. live. Got you. Uh, some cities, some ma- most major cities don't have res- re- residency restriction laws for sex offenders. Mm-hmm. Dallas has one. Okay. And the only one it has is that you can't have more than one registered sex offender living in a house. Got and you. And that that went into effect right when tra- forgiven felons uh started yeah so we knew that we could only have one registered person in at each address mm-hmm. uh, and they did that because you know some other transitional houses were putting three and four registered so's in their transitional houses and the neighborhood was getting scared and, and right and, and that's fine those that ordinance is great you know but the city of dallas doesn't have like one that says you can't live within a certain amount of feet from a child safety zone they don't have right. those right parole however does Parole used to not even let registered people drive through a school zone, even on a Saturday or Sunday. Right. Drive by a park. Right. Even when there's nobody there at night, when there's nobody there. Right. Drive. uh, I mean, it used to be that bad. Yeah. They would have to turn in a travel plan, and the parole officer would say yay or nay. Mm -hmm. You got to change it or whatever. And then House Bill 1111, Mm a long time ago, get away with that. Okay. Okay and and they and change it to they they just can't stop in that child safety zone. Right. They can go through. Right. They could pass by anywhere as long as they don't stop and hang out in those child safety zones. Right. And right. so these two laws are not for the city. They're for the county in the unincorporated areas of the county. Gotcha. Where there's no city ordinances, where gotcha. or no city Council can make laws. Make laws, right. And so all these all these years, we've been encouraging the registered sex offenders to move out there to those places. Right. Away from everybody. Right, right. And guess what? They all moved out there. Right. There's a lot of them. In unaccor- so now, because of fear, because of one story in the news, and yeah. everybody, and, and, and lack of education, yeah, everyone thinks that all of these are still... The person that committed that crime a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went down there to testify against these bills because they're they're going who they're going to hurt the most are the people we serve the ones on parole. Right, right. Because parole, if they're not on parole, then uh, they won't get in trouble, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, as much. Right. But if they're on parole, then parole will tell them you cannot go down this road ever again.
1: Right. Right.
0: And right. if they can't and they can't get to their house then they gotta move.
1: And even if they're not on parole, they're still registering and so you still have this. In the, so ongoing. in the so in the county
0: they will still get in trouble. Yeah. Even if they're not on parole. Mm-hmm. But if they lived in the city, they wouldn't get in trouble for that same because there's no city ordinances that strict. Yeah. yeah. As as you have it in the county. So I went down there to see if, you know, and I was accused by a really good friend of mine on the on that committee and yeah. you know, of, of not protecting, not wanting to protect the children. I'm like, I got that children really hurt of-
1: you because you you talked about that particular yes. thing. Beyond the build, it was like the, the 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 physical or the personal assault by by a comrade or yep. by a friend, by somebody that, you know, um, that you felt there was a, a a connection to, didn't really even from a spiritual connection. Right. And I think that the, the, one of the things that you'll get out of this here is just because we say we believe in the same thing, we may not be viewing life from the same lens. And so do you change your perception or do you maintain your view uh, beyond any distortion or anything like that? You don't have a political lens right? in which you're looking at things from. I used to. You used to.
0: God changed me of that. Right, right. He and said, I you're either going to look through a Republican lens, right? a Democrat lens, yes, or my or lens. or my lens.
1: And that's the message. I, I think that as we move forward as first and foremost advocates for those that are impacted, no, first and foremost as believers in Christ. Yeah, there you go. And then advocates for whatever, that we make sure that when we speak, we speak what God has spoken. And when we see... We see as God sees.
0: How does a politician continue that to do that while they're in office?
1: You know, I think that it's, it boils down to making sure that your priorities are first centralized around the word of God. That should be your first lens of reference
0: always 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 i I agree with that
1: that's the hierarchy is this scriptural and if it's scriptural scriptural then how can we make this a political agenda you shouldn't start from a political agenda and then try to make it scriptural
0: yeah yeah yeah. try to fit it in we do that enough
1: (laughs) you, you, you do that enough you know and so i think that our our elected officials if they are believers in christ their decisions should be ultimately based upon Scripture. Prime example, the death penalty. The death penalty is pushed in Texas, is pushed in Texas. However, the Ten Commandments says, thou shalt not kill. Okay.
0: And, and it doesn't say, thou shalt not kill, sidebar, uh, unless, it's, unless, unless it's a law. Right, it right. It just says, thou shalt thou not, kill. not
1: kill. So what does that mean from a, a legislative perspective? Well, if a person kills somebody... From a scriptural standpoint, we have the systems to incarcerate, but we don't have the spiritual power or authority to kill. And that's where our politicians, that's where our elected officials should start balancing everything is from the word, not from politics or pleasing the people and then trying to masquerade it as the word of God.
0: Yeah, because there's a lot of that, man, a Mm -hmm. lot of that. I mean, when you talk about, when I kept hearing protect the children, protect the children, protect the children, I kept thinking of Jesus.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: When the disciples were trying to get the children away from Jesus, Mm -hmm. and he said, don't, no, 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 let them hang out with me.
1: Yeah. Guess who
0: was hanging out with Jesus at the same time?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Simon, Mm -hmm. the zealot. Yeah. A murderer. Yeah,
0: yeah. And so we don't call Jesus crazy for letting a murderer hang out with the kids. Right, right. You know, and so this whole protect the kids, but yes, we're always going to protect the kids. Right. doesn't mean you exclude or isolate a whole demographic, you know, from being productive citizens in society because of that.
1: Right. There's got to
0: be a way. I I do think there were some good things that happened. I think a couple of them were like, hey, man, I, I really like what you do. We believe in what you do. You know, and one of them said, it's too late to write new legislation right now, but in the future, one of them said, I, I would love to sit down and have you work with us on, on writing something that is, that truly is, yeah. uh, protecting the whole community as a whole. Right. right Cause right. if you just let registered sex offenders that aren't rehabilitative yeah. loose in the streets because they can't live anywhere. So they're living off grid. That is not safer for our community at right. all. Right. Um, Last legislation, uh, the Richard Miles Act bill, whatever you want to call it, passed. Yeah, and right, so uh, right. uh, talk a little bit about that one. Right, right. And has there been any anything happened since then, you know, yeah. that might have a correlation with that bill?
1: Yeah. So, you know, we, we, the Richard Miles Act, we started testifying on that in 2019. Uh, Representative Anchia reached out to me and basically it was just a bill at first that really addressed the procedural um, acts of police officers and investigators as it relates to ensuring that all the evidence that's collected during that time of investigation and prior to trial is turned over to the DA and to the attorney.
0: Now tell me real quick, why does a bill like this have to even be made?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, you know, I did an interview with Sean Rabb with Fox 4, and we would think that all the evidence is turned over, and it boils down to one word, integrity. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, it's a lack of integrity, I think, within the processes of our criminal legal system. Uh, individuals that have contact with a person that's assumed to be a criminal At some point, the blinders come on and integrity goes out the window, whether that's intentional or accidental. And so the Richard Miles Act basically highlights the importance of making sure evidence is turned over. Uh, Went through 2019. We got shot down. Crazy thing. Just like you going to Austin, I'm testifying for the bill. But on the other side, you have um, detectives. You have Police law departments, enforcement. law enforcements that's saying that this is going to add an undue burden upon them. So an undue burden added up on you cost me 15 years of my <laughs> life on. as an innocent man. Five yeah. minutes oh. to say everything is turned thin versus 15 years because you didn't turn everything in.
0: Because that was, that was an integral part of your case. And yes. Stuff yes. not being turned in. That could have that could have caused you from being it, it wrongfully was, convicted.
1: It was my case. I mean, you know, as we talked in times past, I got the stuff on Cofield unit thirteen years after I had been locked up, and in the police files it had who did the shooting. So had that been turned in, and they had this before I went to jury trial.
0: Because I remember the very first interview we did, you said uh, that your dad mm-hmm. requested police files, and yes. there was like. Very few pages. Yes, yes. And then the and then uh, Centurion, Centurion yes. got requested, and there was 85, a lot, 85.
1: Yes, <laughs> yes. So my dad goes in 01, 2001, Freedom of Information Act, sent it to me 25 pages, nothing really of substance in there that I could use. Went ahead and found my red of corpus. Fast forward 2008. Centurion goes to the same entity Dallas Police Department requests the same Freedom of Information Act, get 85 pages, and it's in these police reports that all of this Brady material is just disclosed and it began to turn the lock. And so fast forward, I get out, I started testifying. We got shot down in 2021 and Representative, District Attorney John Cruzo and uh, Representative, uh, no, Senator Royce West came back with the idea of putting a name on the bill. Because it's one thing about lobbying that that you will see as as you engage more, when you humanize a bill, when you put a name on it, it empathizes with the people that's listening. And so once it became the Richard Miles Act with a true story behind it, Now you're moving the hearts of men and women on the stand. And so we were able to get that passed. Um, A couple of months ago, I was at the house, and you know, reading the newspaper, the Dallas Dallas Morning News, and I see this article. And this article is like, could the Dallas Police Department be in violation of the Richard Miles Act? I'm like, what is this? Uh Uh-oh, (laughs) uh-oh. Like, how does your name stay out there? Uh, How do you remain a relevant resource to those that are oppressed? You know, let your actions lead, and not always your words, your actions and deeds. And so reading this article, um, it came up that the processes that the Dallas Police Department were using as it related to evidence and how they tag evidence. They were not tagging evidence in the right manner. And I think it was like 90,000 pieces of evidence. These are video clippings. Now, obviously, the 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 chief was saying that some of these video clippings uh, were not important. They may have been when a person just turned on their camera and turned it off. But you can't understand or weigh the value of something that you don't have. Yeah. You can tell that to the public all day long because you don't have Because on the
0: opposite end, there might be one or you two might in there be one that or will two be able to help somebody not, not be wrongfully convicted.
1: Not be wrong. And, and at the end of the day, that's what we want. I've yeah. realized, Jay, that we have a criminal legal system that aspires justice. Yeah. We don't have a criminal no, justice
0: system. I agree.
1: And so we need to make sure that everything that's within the legal system proves justice. And when a person takes an individual to jury trial or when a, a person takes an individual to trial and they've been convicted, at that point, the courts have paid the victim what it's due, which is justice, because a person has been convicted. But there is still a overwhelming response of justice for the person that was convicted because the system must then... Implement rehabilitation. The system must then provide parole. The system must then provide reentry resources that adequately provide justice, even for the accused.
0: Yeah. Wow. So good. Yes. Uh, so we know there, there's there's some that are out there this year. I know there's one about studying recidivism. Yeah. And gosh, we need that one bad because when I testified last Wednesday or when I testified, uh, on the 19th of April, um, you know, the people that were testifying against the bill had had a set of statistics that they reported. Right. And then right. all the committee members, you know, during their break went and studied their own recidivism statistics for a couple of hours. Right. Uh, and, and none of them matched up. Mm-hmm. None of them matched up. Right. And I right. know, I know, uh, from being in that recidivism population, mm-hmm. you know, I'm 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 part of the I'm part of the population that doesn't that has not recidivate recidivated, right. but I know for a fact that stats get embellished based on your agenda when presenting whatever stats you want to provide. Yeah, whatever you're fighting for or against, you can come up with a set of stats that support your 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 side. Yeah, yeah, and. So I, I I I don't know too much about the bill, but just the just the title of its own yeah study recidivism. and recidivism. Yeah. I, I think we need one. I think yeah. we need a recidivism study. Yeah, but it, I think it needs to be done not by one entity that has one perspective. I think they need to include people yeah. like me and you. They need to include law enforcement. They need to include doctors or uh, not doctors, but just professional people in the field to, to study all this stuff because. You know, uh, the system. We have a system yeah, that yeah. perpetuates recidivism, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at least a portion of it. Yes, you know. Yes, and, and so,
1: and even with that, I think that when you're looking at recidivism, is it a technical violation that sent a person back to prison? Meaning they did not do or uh, another offense. They didn't commit another crime. They probably moved and didn't give the address on time. They probably got a dirty UA. All of these things that can technically violate a person versus a new charge that violates the person. You know, when you're looking at studying recidivism, I think that while you're studying the person, you need to study the system.
0: Yes.
1: If you're going to truly come back and say recidivism is high then that means the entity that holds the people should be held accountable to make sure there are components within the system that give way to rehabilitation i i've come to the conclusion that people incarcerated reach redemption before they reach rehabilitation so
0: good
1: That's they so good. They get a chance to deal with their demons. They get a chance to deal with whatever they went through. They may not get a chance to ask for forgiveness to the person that they violated. But that person in prison is redeemed. Now, what does the system need to do to assist in rehabilitation? Because that redeemed person can be released and not rehabilitated. Right. So good. And now... They're going back into the system and they feel like their redemption wasn't even true. And God has said, "Now I've redeemed you. Everything else is left up to the people that's in control, the governing authority. When Jesus was saying, he say, render unto Caesar, what is Caesar? Well, Caesar needs to rehabilitate. <laughs> <Yes>.
0: <laughs> I agree.
1: They're I missing agree. the piece. So I think that this recidivism studied its bill. It shouldn't just be pointed at the people.
0: Yeah, that's so good. It should be
1: holistic to the system. Because,
0: you know, what you touched on, a lot of people call jailhouse religion. Yeah. You know, that they make a decision while in prison. That's the redemption part. That's the redemption. They they feel because they had an encounter, whether it was in their pod or whether it was in church or whether whether they they had an encounter with Jesus Christ. Yeah. And they, they got redeemed. Yeah. Uh, and then they get out and, and are put in a system, a yes. parole system yes. that is highly flawed, highly, yes. oh, so antiquated and yeah. so needs, needs so much, you know, we, we need prison reform, but man, we need parole reform too. Yeah. Yeah. We need, we need parole reform and judicial reform. Yeah. Uh, we need it all. We yeah. need it all. And when you just look at one instead of all of them. Then you're just like you're you're, you're kind of like hitting that that whack-a-mole game where yeah. you know you're not really you're not really doing you're just going to the next one and just and not really fixing anything you right. know and so um, right, right 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 okay yeah. uh, any other bills you want to
1: you know I mean it, it's, it's some progressive things going on you know uh, Representative Carl, Carl Sherman uh, I believe he's been on your uh, podcast yes. a couple of times I think that he is a very uh, progressive and proactive. Individual as it relates to the work that we do, Uh, obviously he's uh, pushing the ACs, uh, air conditions inside the prison systems. You know, I was on Cofield unit. Uh, Cofield's one of the first prisons, you know, that was really put together years and years ago. No AC, no heat. Um, Working in the infirmary, I remember um, people dying. If you're on three and four row on V-Wing, or on R-Wing, where the sun just really sits and chill and cook you, you know, it it was just really uh, interesting to see how our system can generate so much money from the free labor that we do, to the commissary, to the charging of the medical, all of these things, but you can't put ac units
0: yeah
1: into the system yeah. and sherman is pushing that you know he even say stated that in texas there is a requirement to put ac units in the spcas where we keep our animals but we have prison units where we keep people and you don't even have ac units there so that that i think that's even, a very even the good dogs rule.
0: that they know they're going to put down yeah, they yeah. keep them cooled until they put them down.
1: Yeah, right, right. Even, and, 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 hey, you you can probably go from Cofield Unit where there's no AC to the Trustee Camp where they keep the dogs. <laughs> yep, yep, and they may have some AC to make sure them dogs can hunt. If you take out running in the fields or something, <laughs> so I mean, uh, you know, I you know, and
0: think- there, there's some good. There, the TDCJ does some good things, but. But uh, overall, I think the the biggest problem I have with the, with the prison system, with our parole system, judicial system, is is the fact that we're we seem unwilling to look at the things that are actually wrong. Yeah, and unwilling to they want to talk about the the few things they do good and they do well, and that's great for a yeah. while. That's great, but th- that's not that can't be the only thing you talk about while you're ignoring right some major flaws in our system. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and you were a part of one of those major flaws, and you're a part of one of the the, the things you know that have ha- is going to turn that that flaw around. Hopefully, um, I think when you said you saw your name in the paper regarding that, you know, um, and you and you testified when you first got out. I mean, what? How do you feel the law enforcement looked at you? Oh, no. you know, uh, <laughs> while you're testifying against that.
1: You know, I mean, first and foremost, we got to keep in mind that people do not believe that there are innocent people incarcerated. Yeah, that's that's true. You know, it, it does. It's crazy because nobody, the law officials, elected officials, very rarely will go against a conviction. Yeah. You're not going to find people come and say, no, he's not guilty. But you sure will find them saying, no, he's not innocent after you went through the same process. And so for me, that's what it was. It was like when I got out, Jay, I knew that I would be forever proving myself innocent to somebody.
0: Yeah. And and I feel like it makes I feel like they make the burden of even after there has obviously been something done wrong. Mhm. Uh and even in I think Spencer's case, Ben Spencer, mm-hmm. even when a judge declared him actually innocent. Right, right. Our system was still fighting that. Yeah, yeah. And I just feel like it's it's harder. Jim McCloskey talks about it in his book. It's so much harder to undo something Mm -hmm. that could have been prevented by just turning over all the evidence. Yeah, yeah. It's so much harder. And I don't know if there's a bill and even how you construct it that we could come up with that'll say, okay, soon as we find out or in the process of trying to prove someone's innocence, yeah. we're going to make it just as easy, easy. as right. it was to prove them guilty. Right. 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 And, uh, right. And, I, and you're, you're right, man. People our state yeah. doesn't want to be told they're wrong. Doesn't they want to admit it. it.
1: They got a case right now, a Rodney Reed case. Yeah. Um, and I was reading uh, some of the background of it. And it's crazy that, They are basically saying because he didn't submit the evidence in a timely manner, they don't really care if he's innocent or guilty. You didn't do it in a timely manner. Well, if I don't have the money to buy my transcripts, if I don't have the money to get a free world attorney, then how can you time bar me when I know your innocence should be the key. That unlocks it. And and, and we talked about this before. In the county jail, everybody will say that they're innocent because they haven't went to jury trial. You meet somebody in prison, you're only going to run into three people in the law library. You're going to meet the writ writer who's guilty. You're going to meet the person that was guilty but got too much time, so they're trying to get a time cut. And then you're going to meet the innocent. Those are the only three people that's going to spend their time in the law library. And if you have somebody in the law library that's fighting, saying that they're innocent, nine times out of ten they're innocent. And that's what the system needs to do. If you send a writ to the Court of Criminal Appeals claiming actual innocence, if you send a writ back to the lower courts, Claiming actual innocence. It should be an entity that gets that appeal right. directly. I like that. And begin to look. Everything else, go through the process. I, I understand time cuts. You you got a little bit too much time. But innocent people in prison
0: should have priority.
1: Should have priority.
0: I agree. I agree with that. And especially if a, if a large organization like Centurion, yes. Innocence Projects of Texas, uh, all these entities if they I mean most of them they're not going to take up a case unless they true are really really you know convinced and I mean even in Jim books Jim's book he talks about the the one or two that they got wrong yes and he understands that you know but but at least you guys Centurion and other innocent are going to do everything they can yeah to make sure Mm -hmm. that that what they're fighting for is true you know uh, Brian Stevenson of Equal Justice Initiative and Alabama, I mean, he, the the stat that he says about how we put to death, our death penalty kills one in nine are innocent. Yeah. That should be enough to to fight for at least all the people that are on death row. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which is Rodney, includes Rodney Rodney Reed. Reed.
1: Right, right. And when you're
0: saying we would rather put this legalistic rule rule on you that you did not get this Proof of innocence in time to us, we would rather put you to death. That's crazy than to keep you alive because of your
1: innocence. And that speaks a lot to the system. Yeah, that and not. Really, I'm not going to say the system because it's the people. Yeah, because the system is there. It's a legal. The system is as that, only
0: as good or as bad as the people. As the people
1: that's in it. Just yeah. like the just like the uh, automobile. Yep. The the automobile is only as safe as the person driving it. That's correct. If you're drunk. You're not a good person behind the wheel. And I think that a lot of our people are drunk off of pride. Oh, man. They're drunk off of hatred. They're drunk off of racism. They're drunk off of prejudice. They're drunk off of self-influence. And when they get behind that wheel, they're swerving. Yeah. And and how do we urge our elected officials, when you get behind this vehicle of legalism, don't be drunk. Yeah. Or of whatever we need you. the The, the Bible says what what it says. You have to have a clear mind,
0: right? A sober, sober mind. mind. Yep.
1: How do how do our elected officials begin to get behind the wheel of our criminal legal system soberly?
0: That's so soberly. good. That's so good. Without getting drunk on voters, well, going up campaign, the ladder, moving up. You don't get
1: drunk on all of that. Stay sober minded. So good. So when you're talking to somebody, you are for sure that what you've said is not distorted by anything of personal influence, yeah. financial gain, or power. That's where we are right now. Yeah, that's where we are.
0: All right. So we got Mother's Day coming up, yes. and uh, you have an amazing mom. Yes. Yes. So let's talk about her, and uh, I think you got a birthday.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In two days, I will April twenty sixth. I will be forty eight years old,
0: man. Dude. Yeah. Happy birthday.
1: <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I didn't want to tell you until today, but yeah. So this is like my birthday interview slash. All right. So everybody day. in prison,
0: get you a honey bun. Yeah. Put yeah. Some peanut butter on it.
1: One for me. One for me. One for me. <laughs> One for me. One for it's me. And say
0: happy birthday to Richard Miles. Yeah. All right, yeah. Man.
1: But I, uh, uh, one of the things I kind of noticed at church yesterday was, you know, my dad had passed six months before I got out, which means my dad passed right around Mother's Day. Yeah. So uh, they had the funeral in June, which means he had to pass. I, I have to really find out, but I think it was like the second week in May. And I was wondering why my mom was kind of, kind of depressed, on yesterday going to church, and then my sister stood up and testified. and that's why I was like, "Oh, because I was in prison and so the the passing of my dad um was something that I more so dealt with in prison and not so much out here, yeah. because it had, to me it had already been dealt with. um but my mom, to your point, you know, got out um and she, I moved back in with my mom. I was thirty four years old. And, you know, it was like I had never left, which is good and bad because she was looking at me like I was 19. <laughs> and, 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 and for me, I think the biggest thing for me and what I encourage anybody that's incarcerated is we have to learn to get rid of pride. Um, pride would have kept me from going home to my mom thinking that, you know what, I don't wanna put this burden on you, mom, or I wanna do this by myself, mom. And I had to understand that I was handicapped. People incarcerated, we, we don't really connect being handicapped, but we are. We've been isolated from the world. You know, we're emotionally handicapped, we're physically handicapped. And so when you get out, you need assistance
0: technologically handicapped.
1: Technologically handicapped. So you need assistance. Yeah. And so for me, my mom opened up the doors in her heart um, and allowed me to come back home, uh, which was very important. And yeah. it, it was very timely.
0: Yeah. How I mean, what does it say about her that she was there with you your whole sentence knowing that you were in there wrongfully convicted? Yeah. I mean, did she ever express like, Anger at God, our system, anything yeah.
1: you know, my mom, never to my face, you know, it's it's no telling what what happens when you go home and yeah and go to bed. like when we go to the bunk, it was many a night that I yeah. had to pull that little yep. thin <laughs> blanket over my head and and crying under the covers. But when we had our visits, it was always these visits of uh, of of outpouring. She would tell me what's going on out here. But never really, uh, never really doing a a, a a criticism against God, and I think that it was really because we understood that you have life, and then you have God, yeah. meaning that we will experience life; we can experience life with God. Or we can experience life without God. Either way goes, we're gonna experience
0: life. Exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my mom knew in order for us to make it through that point in my life, we had to rely on God because it was beyond our control. The first phone call I made that night was to my mom, and when she said, she said, Richard, we know. She didn't say I believe. Believe is one thing. Because sometimes belief um, can happen without actual facts being a part of the... I believe it's possible, but to transition from belief to knowing, there was some facts that's being accompanied. And for my mom to say, we know, it was like she was spiritually there with me. You know, God showed her. Now, my dad, on the other hand, my dad was scripturally sound and my dad was biblically sound and he was always the truth shall set you free. You know, those, the, you don't, I didn't really want to hear that right then because I I needed to know that you, my mom and my dad was there to set me free, but they couldn't. And so we had to rely on God. But the fact that my mom knew, it, it really helped me, um, those years. Um, one of the things that my mom would do, Jay was, um, when they started printing out on your paper, you get a letter. And so my mom would print her face on some of the letters (laughs) that I would get. So I'm reading this letter and she's looking at, and I didn't know technology had advanced that much that you could put a picture on some paper. So I'm reading the letter, but it's like she's talking to me.
0: That's funny.
1: And that was the beautiful thing about it. She was innovative in making sure I stayed Connected to the family. That's innovative.
0: funny because you're talking yeah. about JPay,
1: right? No, this was JPay before JPay. It. This was this was before JPay. My mom had already. So what
0: did you, what would she do? She would put her face on like a copy machine a, and a, then print the paper out and send that to it you. It would
1: be a picture of her. And she would some type of way copy it and that would be the notebook paper
0: oh, that wow. she would write on.
1: Okay. And, and and so when I get the picture I it, know
0: exactly. I know it. so she used the notebook paper and then it printed her face on the notebook paper and then and she then wrote she her write, letter on yes. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, that is yes. so creative yes. and so great. Yes, yes. Wow. So it's like
1: this letter is more than a letter, it's a conversation yeah. in my hand.
0: Man, yeah. that's amazing, yeah,
1: yeah, and, and you know, getting out, she was. Uh, I, I remember the funniest thing when I got out, Jay uh, moved back in. With my mom, my mom said, She said, Baby, I'm it's just happy you back home, and, and 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 everything is gonna be all right. She said, Now, now you don't have a, I know you're 34 years old, now you don't have no uh curfew, but you can't stay out all night. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm like, I don't have a curfew, you, but I can't stand so that means it's 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 something in between yep, that says yep. you better be at the house.
0: You know, my mom said it in a little different way. My uh-huh. mom my dad didn't die until a year after I got out. Okay, okay. But very shortly after I, you know, was out, it was just me and my mom as well. Yeah. But when I paroled to my mom and dad's apartment, they kinda said the same thing to me. They said, Now listen, we know you might be out late with your church friends, we know all that. Yeah. You know, at least at least you're out with church friends, staying out late. Right. She said, but we just want to let you know that at midnight, <laughs> we locked the top deadbolt. Right, right, right. <laughs> and right. that top deadbolt ain't got you no key know. on the outside.
1: <laughs> and so they said...
0: We're not telling you when you have to be home. Right. We're right. just telling you if you're gonna be past midnight, yeah, you won't be able to you get into this hero. house. <laughs> and I had to. There was times where our small group, we knew we were gonna be out late, so I'd be like, "Hey guys, I gotta stay home with somebody. I gotta stay with somebody." Yeah. So, yeah. The night. Uh, so the dead boat hit me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I tell that to guys that come to forgiven felons. Yeah. How you know? There's there's guidelines. Yeah. To 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 every we all we all get out to a group home. Yeah. Whether it's the Dallas Transitional House. Yeah. Whether it's Forgiven Felons, the Freeman House, or the Gum House. Yeah. Or right. the Miles House. Right. We right. all come to a group home. Yeah. And there's a house manager. Yeah. My mom was the house manager. Right. 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 <laughs> my dad right. thought he was the house manager, yeah. but my mom was truly the house manager. Right. 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 Uh, right. You know, and and there were there were specific times that they ate. Mm-hmm. So there was child time at the Gum Household.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: And if I wanted to participate in child time, yeah. I would come at that time. Yeah. If I right. wanted to eat my own commissary or whatever, right. then right. I, I wouldn't have to be present at the the child time. But if I came right. at, at, at 10 o'clock expecting my mom to make me breakfast, it's, it's, it's already past breakfast time. She done finished that at eight, eight nine o'clock. Yeah. And yeah. so, uh, yeah. so I yeah. tell everybody that, man, you know, wherever you go, there's going to be guidelines. Yeah. There's going to be yeah. rules. So. Yeah, I uh, agree. So, I agree. so. Father's Day's you know, coming up a little bit later next month. uh, What can you even imagine being a father Mm -hmm. and being in prison on Father's Day? I know you you weren't a father when you were in, but you you were friends with a lot of fathers in prison.
1: Yeah, you know, um, I've got a good friend. His name is uh, Christopher Jones. Uh, Chris and I got locked up around the same time. Chris was 16, 17 years old. I was 19. Chris had a daughter. Uh, Chris ended up getting a life sentence. Um, And, you know, for me, going to prison with no kids, I never really could connect to that. But now I'm out, man, and and I have two, two daughters. I could not fathom being separated from my kids. I couldn't fathom it. Um, and and I don't know. It's 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 kind of hard to say. At the end of the day, who does it hurt more? Right. You know. Yes, it's gonna hurt the child because that parent is not in that place. But then it has to hurt the parent because this is a seed that you can't take care of. Yeah. You know that you're limited in your interactions with. Um, we went to a uh, Rod Ministries breakfast, which is one of our. Uh, community partners in the space of reentry and I remember uh, a couple of months ago when we went it was a guy and his daughter and the daughter when we was getting ready to close out the breakfast she said can I just say something and so she gets up there and Jay she she begins to cry but the moral of her short testimony was the children need you that was all that she could say and she looked at her dad and she said, I'm glad that my dad is back here. And and when she said that, it was like she spoke for kids of incarcerated families everywhere. regardless of what sent that parent to prison, it's a child somewhere saying, I need my parent. Yeah. I need my parent. And so... It was hard for me to, to put myself in those individual shoes. Um, and even harder when you find out that they have kids and they don't come see them or they can't come see them. And so you grow up with seeds that you haven't even taken care of. That's been cultivated by society and now they're growing abnormal. You know, you pray that they're cultivated in, in a loving household, but when you wasn't there, now you're taking the blame of that. And, you know, once again, that's another level of redemption. You got the crime that you you have to be redeemed from, and now you have the responsibilities that you were not able to be a part of that you got to ask for forgiveness as well. So I, I couldn't fathom it. I, I pray that those that are incarcerated if you have an opportunity to create a relationship to do it if you don't have an opportunity, at least express yourself as a parent that has fallen short and that could be enough to give that child an opportunity to heal yeah. because that's what we want if we're talking about children and we're talking about families incarcerated. What does the parent incarcerated have to do to create a space of healing for the child so that they don't grow up distorted or that they don't grow up feeling like that they are headed to where their parent is? That's so good, man.
0: That's so good. Um, You know, you you mentioned meeting a 16, 17-year-old kid locked up. You know, there is is one bill we didn't talk about, the Second Look Act, the Second Look bill. Uh, by uh, Deanna laprete in Epicenter down yeah. there, she um, she's been they've been trying to get this bill passed and and it, it got some traction last legislation, uh, but but Governor Abbott vetoed it and mm-hmm. um, you know and he was he he made it clear that he was vetoing it because there there are some uh, some extenuating circumstances that that have to be worked out first before they can pass it because of the repercussions of passing a bill like that are, are far and wide. So right. you want to make sure that everything, all the T's are crossed and the, the I's are dotted. And so I, I haven't checked to see how that bill's faring this time, but I'm hoping that uh, whatever representatives, because the second looked at, it addresses people that were, were under 17, 17 and under right. minors when Especially when they were convicted by the law of parties mm-hmm. where they weren't the one who committed the crime, right. they were just in a group right, so they were convicted for being in the uh, hanging around wrong people
1: right 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 <laughs> at, at right. the wrong time yeah. and
0: uh and that was their their biggest crime and as a fifteen year old uh I know we we were sent one guy named Daniel he was he got arrested at 15. The group of kids he was in, a lot of other 15-year-olds. There was an 18-year-old that took took somebody on the other side of the the wood, the wood tree line mm-hmm. and murdered him. Mm-hmm. And that the 18-year-old said, "Well, if 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 you go lenient on me, I'll cooperate and give you all the names that were with me."
1: Right, right, right. And right. the
0: person who pulled the trigger got 20 years and was out in 10. Mm-hmm. Everybody else that he named got 60. Yeah. And were yeah. out Daniel did. He did two years from fifteen to seventeen, being confirmed as an adult in, right. in Harris County Jail. Then he did thirty years mm-hmm. in prison. And the Second Look Act, Second Look Act, will will just say, okay, after twenty years, mm-hmm. let's take a second look at. at at them not open the doors and let them go automatically right let's take a look at what they've been doing for 20 years have they been in school have they been in classes have they been in church mm-hmm. and all that's verifiable because you have to you have to sign wherever you go you right. have to sign so all that's verifiable about what being what kind of person they are have they been getting visits from yeah. family have they been you know mm-hmm. making phone calls mm-hmm. you know and let's take a second look after 20 years and see and, and and the result would just be making them eligible for parole after 20 right. years not granting them parole right. but just say you know let's shave 10 years of mandatory service cuz Daniel right. had to do 30 but mm-hmm. that's 60 before he was even eligible mhm and and i'm just like man if 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 this bill can somehow get passed we could give we could give some 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 kids that yeah made bad friend choices at 15 yeah 10 years of their life back yeah yeah you know yeah because yeah. most of them that just got in trouble for hanging around the wrong person i guarantee you they've learned their lesson right right i right. guarantee it. Right. right and if you don't let them out a little if you don't try to find a way to get them out the system is going to make them such a hard individual yeah and yeah. it's going to turn it has the it has the potential to turn them into a a more dangerous person than they were at 15 just hanging around the wrong friends.
1: Yeah, I agree. So
0: what do you you have to say about that, Bill? And (laughs) and even the law of parties?
1: So yeah, so um, most recently it was a case in the the newspaper where um, a shooting had happened and an individual um, was not convicted um, and it was a law of parties case, or I'm gonna say a law of knowledge the individual had knowledge of this particular case that happened. Um, So the first thing I'm going to say is I think law of parties should be really looked at um, because if you have a group of young people that's together and one person does something in itself by themselves, I don't think that we should crucify for lack of better words, everybody, because if, me and you together, and I do something, you scared crapless, number yeah, one. Yeah. I, I, I'm not gonna yeah. say, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So fear is the first response that our youth will grab on to. Now after fear, is gonna be anger, right? Yeah. So if something happens and, and a person falls in fear and they don't wanna tell anybody, so you're convicting a young person for being scared to tell on something else or you are grouping a young person because they were scared because they was with somebody else that did something. If people are together and you can prove that everybody was a part of an offense, that's one thing. But if people are together and one person did something, I don't think that we should group right everybody together.
0: And not offer a carrot too and, and get people to yeah. say, you know, we'll, we'll let, we'll go more lenient on you. Right. No, go take the, Do the fullest extent. Give the other one some punishment, too, if you want, but not near as much as you you should give the person that actually did it. Right.
1: And then when you're looking at the second look, the second look bill, a couple of things. So you got a young person that goes to prison. I think that when they pass this second look bill, the system needs to be very very focused on the rehabilitation of these young people, because you have a person that's been incarcerated since they was 15 years old, and they done spent 20 years, I mean they're 35. All they know, as a young mind that hasn't been developed from a societal standpoint, all they know is incarceration. And so if you don't set up systems that can usher them then what, this, what, what the what the law will do is the first youth that gets out part of the second look bill and does something because they've been incarcerated all yeah. of their life, they're going to go back and say, you see? Yep. Yeah. You see? You, we don't need to let these young people out. He's not real. It's not that he hasn't been rehabilitated. You know, you haven't even set up a good process. Right. But this man – They're going
0: to 100% blame the individual instead of taking a look at the system. The like, system. Like we talked about earlier. Yeah, yeah, you've
1: been in this system for 20 years, and you got a GED, which is good. You couldn't go to college because they took that out. Yep. You went through some vocational classes, automotive, and it was outdated, and you got some horticulture experience. <laughs>
0: And you can't and you can't work landscaping because you got an ankle monitor on. You
1: got an ankle monitor on, and what we're going to give you, young man, young woman, is fifty dollars when you get out.
0: And if you show up, you'll get another the, 50.
1: another. So <laughs> while we're, t- it reminds me, man, so much of the children of Israel and that mass exodus. They had everything they needed before they left. Yep. How are we preparing people before the release? You know, how are we preparing the people? What are we giving them? Even when they left, the Egypt was like, here, take this, take this. Now, even though Egypt went back and tried to yeah. get it, but how are we preparing the people before the Exodus? Yeah. What are we giving them? What type of assurance? Who's the leaders? Yeah. Yeah. Or are we just letting these people out and pointing the finger at them when they mess up? I think that's going to be a real indicator of how serious we are as a, as a nation, as a city, as a county, about progressive rehabilitation. Yeah.
0: Let me ask you this. So it doesn't matter who's in office. If, if the president of the United States mm-hmm. and the governor of the state you live in, Texas, mm-hmm. at any point come to you, no matter who they are, Republican, Democrat, they mm-hmm. come to you and say, Richard, we want to change something in mm-hmm. the federal and the state system mm-hmm. because you're a part of the state system and you you live in the nation. So you're part of that system as well. Mm-hmm. We want to give you carte blanche and we want to change one thing about the federal system and one thing about the state system and whatever you say, we're going to change.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you
0: have any idea what that would be?
1: You know, top of mind for me, especially for the state prison, um, it would be compensation of the people that's in prison to pay them. Okay. Because I feel like the average person went to prison because they either didn't want a job or couldn't get a job. Right. And so the average person don't really know that they can create value. You work for a system for five, 10, 15 years and you've never gotten paid. But you work. Yeah. You have children that you could take care of. Right. That you're working for a system but you can't send them any money.
0: And you're and you're holding that inmate responsible for child support that he's not paying while he's in your system. While he's working not, for you. Exactly. And okay. when he get
1: out, he has all these back child supports. He has parole fees. And he wants to be an entrepreneur because he hasn't been introduced to what true work equates to, which is you bring work, you get compensated. I feel like Low hanging fruit if people incarcerated were able to be paid, and then within that pay, we're going to allocate this to you for you to support your kids, or we're going to allocate this to go back to the victims' families, or or whatever. I feel like that is a low hanging fruit, and it helps when you get out because now you got more than fifty dollars. You know, it's a lot of things that we can do, but for me, because there are only five states that don't pay the individuals that are incarcerated. Texas, I believe it's Texas, Louisiana, Kentucky, all of them are the southern states. <laughs> yes. I'll just leave it there and yeah. let the hero Google to find out what five states there are. That's your homework assignment. You, you can't go. Google, but you got to look it okay. up. Okay,
0: anything yeah. from a federal standpoint? I you mean, know,
1: I'm not privy to federal, but what I will say is, Jay, we've been doing this 11 years Uh, Miles of Freedom. We have not received one federal recipient because the people that get out of the federal prisons are equipped way different than the people that get out of state. They have different resources. They have different job connections. They've been treated differently. We don't, it's no re-entry for the federal prison population because it's, they're handled differently. Okay. 98% of our people are from the state prisons, right? Uh, and so for me, I think the state needs to look at the federal system. See, see what they're doing. And, see, and they're going to see vocations. They're gonna see trades. They're gonna see adequate medical assistance. They're gonna see individuals working and getting compensated. Yeah. They're going to see visitation done on a whole different scale.
0: That's the challenge. I will say say that. Uh, I I agree with you because all of the federal Mm -hmm. inmates, former inmates that we've had on the show, Mm -hmm. they don't have as much negative to say about the system. About the system. It still sucks being in prison. Yes. Being away from family. Yes. But they seem to – they seem to – Complement more mm-hmm. some of the systems mm-hmm. uh, and some of them even like created classes and things that right. were allowed to be done by an inmate, you know? Right. right and so, right. Uh, so yeah, they seem to do it. Uh, and man, that whole, the whole, f- the first step act, I think, mm-hmm. you know, I got so many texts about, Hey, did you see
1: what Trump did? The first step yeah, out? I'm like, yeah,
0: that's great. Right. But that right. doesn't have anything to do with who we help. No,
1: it It, it does not. And
0: yeah. I think in that sense, some of the really good – I mean, I've, we're, we're, we're lining up some more federal inmates that, that were privy to – that were a result of that first Step act. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I don't know why states won't look at some of the good the federal system does. Yeah. They're not perfect. Yeah. They handled COVID not very well either. Right, 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 <laughs> but. Right. But they do—they do a lot more good than, than I think on the state level. But um, okay,
1: yeah, I—you I, I, know—I I read a report, uh, and this is—it was—I'm um, I'm gonna send it to you so you can have it. But it says like about seventy-five to eighty percent of the prison population, I believe, in Texas is eligible for parole. Now, from a business perspective. If you drop down to 20% labor, you're not going to be able to function. And so when we look at state prisons versus federal prisons, I think that we have to really look at the, the reason why these state prisons have to exist in the magnitude that they do because of the amount of work yeah. and revenue that these state prisons produce, man. I mean... Texas prison. I mean, because I've studied this system, Texas prison system is a revenue generating machine so much that Governor Abbott took over four hundred, four was it four hundred million dollars last year from the Texas prison system to go towards the, the the wall project, building the wall. And my question is, when you take that amount of money from an entity, something is fixing yeah. to go down.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, you're going to take some services away. <laughs> you can't just take $400 million and not offset it by taking away rehabilitative services by – Cutting down staff and keeping people incarcerated more because you don't have enough staff to to let them go eat chow or let them go to the rec yard. You're looking at those small changes within the system that has to happen to accommodate these resources that are being reappropriated. So it it it's a it's an advantage that the states have the opportunity to govern prisons. Yeah, yeah. It's a disadvantage for the states to allow the federal government to come in and monitor these states' prisons because now they're gonna be operated differently. And the revenue that these prisons are bringing is going to be you know, different. Uh, we don't know how different, but it'd be different.
0: Uh, inmates have tablets now in Texas. Yeah, I hear. More and more are getting them, and that's how they listen to our podcast. Yes, yes. Uh, yes. So you know, speak to those, speak to those inmates everywhere, uh, male, female, mothers, fathers. Mother's Day, Father's Day is coming up. Uh, just speak to them, not just in Texas, but all over, and uh, and just send a send a message out to them before we go.
1: Yeah, so you know, as as always, Jay, it's 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 a, a it's an opportunity, um, you know, to to sit down and talk and converse about stuff that we're interested in. Um, I'm going to to leave everybody with. Uh, I spoke at church yesterday, um, and the sermon that that I think God was kind of working with me on was the anointing of David. And how Samuel the prophet came to Jesse and he was like, hey, uh, I know y'all are mourning because Saul has pretty much lost his anointing because he acted outside of his ordinance. He was king and he did a sacrifice. He wasn't supposed to be doing those sacrifices. That wasn't what he was supposed to do. And so Jesse brings all of these sons. He brings seven sons. And, And the prophet said, "Nope, not that one, not that one. Not that one. And so my message to the church was this here. You didn't get picked because God chose you. And it's somebody in prison right now that's upset because you didn't get picked. Um, But God is saying you didn't get picked because I've chosen you. And so don't worry about if you didn't get picked for parole right now, or if you didn't get picked for this particular job that you wanted to go to that's going to move you from this sale to that sale. you know, don't worry about the things that man didn't pick you for. Focus on what God has chosen you for. Walk in your chosen calling that way you'll know that you are spiritually aligned. So when men do pick you, you'll know that you are picked by the anointing and not by preference.
0: Man. You said something right there, man. <laughs> wow. Well, you wow. asked for something to Being, <laughs> being picked versus being chosen. chosen. Yes. Yes. We forget
1: yeah. that, huh? Yeah, yeah. And I told him, I said, I used to be mad because I wasn't picked to be on the basketball team, right? But what I forgot was people had seen what I could do on the court. So sometimes we get mad because we're not picked and God is saying, I don't seen what you would do on the court. Yeah. You, you're not ready. You may have the uniform on. You may be saying that you're a Christian, but what are you doing on the court? What what are you doing on the court? What are you doing on the court of God? What are you doing as a as a Christian? What are you doing for God to even choose you? You know, and so that's the word for the day that should manifest in everybody's life. Don't worry about man picking; worry about God choosing.
0: And you do what your assignment assignment is in the waiting. Yes, and that's what David. 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 David was out doing his job.
1: Yeah, he was. He said, what? He said, he bought seven sons. He said, now, do you have enough? Yeah, but he's out there. He's doing what he's supposed to. Yep. You, you're going to be chosen doing what you're supposed to do. So if you haven't been chosen, then you need to ask yourself, am I doing what God wants me to do?
0: You know, you brought up basketball. Growing up uh, in, in in the neighborhood, Um. There was always uh, pickup games at the basketball mm-hmm. uh, courts in the parks, and you know, I, we grew up like little little age growing up. Like we we, we were raised at uh, you know Hampton in Illinois. Okay, so right. but we went to private school, okay. so the kids in our neighborhood did not look quite like the kids in our school. Right, right, all right, right. So uh, so I was already you know I grew up in a very diverse atmosphere, even though the school wasn't very diverse. My neighborhood right. was. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I got older, in, in junior high and high school, you know, and in, 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 I play sports, I'm playing basketball. Well, I want to play some pickup basketball at the, at the, at the park. Mm-hmm. Well, during those times in my life, junior high, high school, young adult – it was mostly African-American mm-hmm. at the park at certain times. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I, so I didn't care that it was. Right. I still – I just want to play basketball. Right, right. So I would go down there and, uh, you know, I mean, stereotypical white yeah. guy coming into a, an African-American, you know, pickup game. Yeah. I know what they're thinking of me. Right. All right they haven't right. seen me yet, so they mm-hmm. can't play. He right. Can't, he, obviously, I, I don't know how to play. I'm just standing there looking all skinny and gangly and – right. And uh, I'm just waiting for my opportunity. Mm-hmm. I don't get mad because every time, so I got next, I got next. All the next ups had nobody chose me.
1: Right, right. But I didn't get mad.
0: Yeah. Because I knew what I could do. Yeah. All I was waiting on yeah. was my opportunity. Yeah, yeah. And so I was just patient. And and and, and I didn't get mad and walk off and go home. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. just was going to wait for my opportunity to somebody to take a chance on me. Yeah. And even the first team that picked me. Yeah. never passed me the ball.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, right, right.
0: And I didn't get mad at that. Right. I just waited till there was an opportunity for me to say I got next. Right. right. And when I got next, I picked my team.
1: hmm mm-hmm. And
0: then, and then now it's my team, so I'm going to take the ball out. Right, right. And I'm going to not pass it to somebody. I'm going to do something. Right. When I had the opportunity, I got to show them what I could do. Yeah. And when you keep practicing your skill, yeah. when you keep your head up while yeah. being rejected. Yeah. When you keep
1: yeah.
0: everything in perspective and know that you're chosen, know what you can do, know what God's called you to do, and yeah. you're ready when the opportunity presents itself.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Every day I came after that. Yeah, they called me a nickname. Yeah, the nickname was Bird. Right, right, right. Larry right, Bird. Larry Bird. Right, right. I never had to wait for another pickup game again. Right. Right. You know, right. and so many are alike- called. Yeah,
1: but few. <laughs> I chose.
0: That's right. So, yeah. so just remember, like he said, y'all, you're you are chosen. You're not you're not going to be picked for everything.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I I I prayed to God when I was in, in solitary confinement. I said, God, don't let me out of this place. Not solitary confinement, but prison. Don't let me out of prison until you know I'm ready to never come back. Yeah. And when I prayed that, He already knew the time He chose for me to get out.
1: Right. Now so, you're just in yourself. So
0: every time, yeah. two two denials and a short yeah. way taken. Mm-hmm. And my mom and dad were just crying. I'm like, Mom, he's already chosen a time for me to get out. Yeah, and he's already told me because I prayed it. Right. When when I get out, I'm coming home for good. Right. If I get out any time before that, I'll, I'll be back. Yeah. Yeah, but if when I get out, because he's already chosen the time, yeah, you can be rest assured that I'm not ever coming back. Yeah, in this capacity, that's it. Well, man, uh, happy Father's Day in June. Yes, tell your mama. I will, uh, Thelma.
1: Yes, you got it. You got it. (laughs) Tell her
0: I said happy Mother's Day. Yes,
1: sir. Same to you. Same to you. Tell your mom and your wife. Yes, I extend our love. We extend our love and uh, blessings, uh, church family. Um, everything that you're doing, man, in the ministry, um, what people see and what people don't see, you know, we, we can clap for you when we see, but can we clap for you? Cause we know you still working when we don't see. Amen. So appreciate you for that.
0: Back at you, man. Yes. See man. you later. Thanks a lot. You too. All right. We want to thank Richard miles again for coming on and just being a regular guest on the show and depositing so much wisdom. Oh, I hope you got some of those things that he said. Incredible. Picked versus chosen. Woo! We could just talk about that. That could be a whole episode. That could be a whole episode. I know I named this episode Picked versus Chosen, but that could be a whole episode by itself. So um let's let's pray. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for Richard. I thank you for his wife and kids. I thank you for his mom and his his dad, uh, Lord, I, but I thank you for his mom. Uh, Thelma, who's just an amazing woman. Lord, we lift her up to you uh, right now uh, with Mother's Day. Lord, we know Richard had a birthday recently, so happy birthday. Lord, just bless him. Let this life be, that this next year be even his greatest year ever. Lord, I thank you for Miles of Freedom. I thank you for what they do for the incarcerated, the formerly incarcerated, the uh, community that's impacted by incarceration. Lord, we thank you so much for everything they do. Lord, we lift up the listeners to you today, Lord. We thank you. We hope that they are blessed by something uh, that was said in the podcast, Lord. But we hope they were moved and impacted by you, Holy Spirit. We ask you just to be with them, be with their lives, be with their families, be with them in their cell, be with them as they're working out, laying down, going to sleep, waking up, whatever they're doing, be with them, Lord. Lord, we sp- we sp- especially lift up the moms to you. Lord, it's Mother's Day, and we while we are... Honoring moms all year long, we we thank you especially, especially this time of year, Lord. Thank you for give the moms a big hug wherever they are this year, this Sunday. Give them a a big hug, no matter what church they go to, whether they're at home, whether they're in prison. Lord, we thank you for the moms. We could not we're no, we, we're nowhere without moms. Even our first mom Eve, we're nowhere without her. She had to she had to be with Adam. To have all of us. And so we thank you for our moms everywhere. We thank you. Give them an extra special, um, I don't know, anointing this week, this year. To live the rest of their lives like they so selflessly do for others. Give them the greater anointing to do that. Lord, we just lift up everyone. uh, The moms, especially in prison. Lord, we know this is a hard time for them. And we ask you to be an extra special visit, encounter with them right now for the mom that's crying, listening to this, for the mom that's just wishing for that visit this weekend, give them that visit. But the, the moms that, that won't get the physical visit, Emmanuel, God with us, be with them this weekend. We love you, Lord. We thank you for everything you're doing in our lives. We lift up forgiven felons. We lift up the men who are living at the house, the future men that are coming out. May they make parole in Jesus' name. And uh, we love you, Lord. Thank you for everything you've given us. If you don't do anything else for us, you've done enough. And we love you. We bless your name, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we'll see y'all on Monday mornings for the next couple of months. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Background Check Podcast. Brought to you by Forgiven Felons, helping people with a past realize their future. For more information, please visit ForgivenFelons.org. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and please don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss the latest episode. I'm J. Gum, and this has been Background Check.